The vision received was that of blood cells traveling throughout the body, supplying the much-needed oxygen and other nutrients to the differing members of the body to fulfill their purpose. Once the blood cells are spent, they must return back to the heart to be refilled before being sent out again and fulfill their purpose. One of the things for you, it was hard to find a job because you were a Vietnam vet. And Vietnam vets had a lot of opposition lot coming of back opposition. to the States. Yeah. Once they found out he was in Vietnam, they, they wouldn't have nothing to do with him. And who did you thank? Who did you give all the credit that to? Who'd you give all that credit of coming back from Vietnam? Jane Fonda. Oh, you you said thank you, Jane Fonda? Yeah. Oh, at least you give credit where credit is due, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I come to this other section in the book, and I was going to ask you about this, but you've already talked about it. It's about this no-name evangelist that you learned under. And I was going to ask you, because you you said here... I learned what it meant in the word that love covers a multitude of sins. He said, I accepted the excitement that this evangelist had offered me, but I didn't go there criticizing. I didn't go there to judge. I didn't go there to find fault. You could have easily done that. However, I was there by divine appointment, not to find fault, but rather to learn. And indeed, I learned much. So I was going to ask you, but I think you've already shared it. But if there's anything you've missed... What was it that you learned under this evangelist? Uh, the operation of faith. Faith is stagnant and inoperative until we do something, either by declaration of the mouth mm-hmm. or something we do that put faith in operation. I'll give an example. One time I was, and see all this I learned from him, but I began to practice it in my own ministry. I noticed a man that played organ for me, and uh, I noticed that he was limping around on the edge of his foot, unable to walk flat-footed. And I I noticed that before church started, and uh, I asked him, I said, uh, I said, brother, Brother Mike, what's wrong with your foot? He said, I got severe uh, bone spurs on the bottom of my foot. Mm-hmm. And I can't walk flat footed. I have to walk on the edge of my foot. Too painful to walk on my foot. And so, sir, sir started. We were proceeding, and I was preaching and, and uh, everything. And, and, and right in the middle of us, my preaching, I stopped. I said, Brother Mike, if you will walk, walk from this pulpit down to the end of the tent and touch one of those curtain folds down there and come back before you get back to this pulpit, all in bones will be gone. He started hobbling down, hobbling down, hobbling down to to the end of the tent. Meanwhile, the devil's talking to me. He said, now you big fool, suppose they're not gone. He's saying it to you? Yeah. The voice of the enemy. Okay. Yeah. You're going to be the laughing stock of this whole crowd here. Oh, you did this in front of everyone? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just him alone and you had noticed that he had this limp no, and you were preaching. asking, but you were doing this in front of everybody. I okay. Was preaching. 
I stopped right in the middle of my preaching. <laughs> I said, Brother Mike, go down and touch that into the tent, one of the curtain poles, and come back. When you get back right here, those those bone spurs will be gone. So he hobbled out there and hobbled about halfway back. About that time, I saw him jumping, jumping, jumping. And I watched him. He jumped around on one foot, the one that had the spurs. Mm-hmm. I said, what happened to you, Brother Mike? He said, they're all gone, Brother Strange. Them bone spurs are gone. I said, well, get up on this platform where it's hard. you down in that sawdust where it's soft. Get up here where it's hard on the platform and <coughs> jump around on that one foot. And he did. Hmm. So, speak the word of faith. And that's what I did. And a lot of times you speak the word of faith like that. It's, it's beside you. You're not even, <laughs> you're almost kind of like a spectator. Yeah. Just, well, it's almost like it's almost like you didn't do anything. You just simply were like a prophet. Just, I just you want to get healed? Go wash in the water of that yeah. dirty Jordan River. Yeah, that's right. That's it's exactly not like you right. did anything. No, that's right. But I seen Jack Cole, you know, take his fist and, and hit uh, big old uh, big old garters and and uh, tumors and things like that, and uh, God healed. I was about to ask you that because I think there were, you know, preachers in maybe the England or or maybe in the states. I can't remember in the late eighteen hundreds that would do kind of wild things like you wild just things like that. Jack Cole, they had a special uh, prayer tent where hundreds of people would come on their cots and bring them out of the hospitals. They come by ambulance and and nursing homes and various things, and they would be on cots. And Brother Cole. He would walk through that that uh, that that prayer tent, dumping people out out of the uh, off their cots. Mm-hmm. They either heal or they're in bad shape, one or the other. But God always heals. God always responds to faith of the individual, of not that. the person that's saying something. The well, one that's seeking, the one, one that's hungry. Yeah. So uh, I can show you pictures of. Brother Cole, mm-hmm. uh, a prayer tent, how it'd be just plump filled with ambulatory cases. Mm-hmm. But after Brother Cole went and walked through there like a tornado, I mean, the thing we cleaned out, people healed yeah. by the hundreds. I can, I can tell like you that. Uh, he'd call a prayer line, and he would go down that prayer line, jerking glasses off people and breaking them, and jerking crutches out. Out from under people and and uh, and uh, jerking people out of wheelchairs mm-hmm. and all things like that. Well, I'll never forget this one Baptist man said, I could hear. I could hear. Brother Cole said, Well, what you get in the line for? Of course you got you can hear. He said, Well, I just come to bring my mother. I just come to bring my mother to get prayed for. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I, I learned that too. I, I was. Uh, in a meeting in Overland, Texas, uh, Overland, Louisiana. And I'll never forget walking the aisle preaching, and the spirit of faith was on me. And I grabbed this man, just walked by. He's had to be sitting at the end of the aisle. I just walked by there and I saw that big old 
hearing aid. Back in the days, they had a big old pack, you know, and, uh, and big old hearing aid wire going up to the ear. And I walked by and I just snatched that thing out of his ear. <laughs> yeah, if I was in my right mind, I wouldn't do something like that, you know. I wasn't in my right mind. But walking up and down that aisle, preaching the word of the Lord, and, and uh, saw that big old hearing aid, I just grabbed it out of his ear and come up out of his pocket like pulled his coat off too, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh and and uh, walking up, walking up, up toward the platform. And I turn around, look. He's jumping around. What's the matter with you? He said, I can hear. I can hear. I said, Of course you can hear. And so he come up there and got his hearing aid and walked out the end of the tent where the weeds were and throw that hearing aid and the whole battery pack, <laughs> chuck everything as far as he could out of the weeds. <laughs> see so many great people like that just you know just but it's so spontaneous you know these are in the tent revivals that you were doing yeah you know my generation um, I think you told me was from 1970 to And I speak as as a representative of my generation, that when we hear the stories you just shared, um, I guess either I'm speaking for my generation or I'm speaking for myself, for me, I get very skeptical because of what I've seen on TV. And there was a particular minister in times past that she knows who I'll be talking about um, that I kind of volunteered to, to help out in the ministry when he came to visit our area. And, you know, he would like lay his hands on people and people would fall back or he'd blow on them and they would, or he'd do some wind, you know, with his yeah. hands and flap them out. People would be falling and all of this stuff. And he so had, fake and so funny. well, he had a special meeting for those um, special individual partners, like the prayer partners, the special people that, you know, they get to to be a part of a special service before the big service later on in the evening. And so I volunteered to help that. And he began to speak to all of these prayer partners and with his words, and it was even affecting me, stating that he needed them to give to the ministry. But he wasn't going to accept the dollar. He wasn't going to accept the $20 bill. He wasn't going to accept the $100 bill. He was wanting 10000 if I remember his number correctly, or maybe it was a thousand, I can't remember which one, but he was like starting there. And it's like, he didn't want, even if you had a dollar, he didn't want it. They had a hundred dollar bill, he didn't want it. It's like a thousand, 10,000 or, or something like, for me, astronomical. I was in my early twenties. My mother had just died. I was working either part-time or full-time trying to make ends meet. And 
and this, you know, pretty popular in the day, supposed man of God was like asking for all of this money from the people. The special privileged people, and then I eventually later on to to uh, you know the bigger, more open thing. But that was my experience with people that seemed to act kind of. And I'm not saying that he was acting in the way that you you or or others of of what did you say? Is Cole? Was his name brother Cole? Jack, Jack Cole. Jack Cole. You know, and so I'm skeptical because of that impression, and and. Later, the Lord showed me either it was either a dream or a vision. And he showed me this man again in the dream or the vision. And he and he basically told me he's a false prophet. Yeah. And then I realized, oh, that's my issue. I had such turmoil. I had such wrestling with that. I didn't know what to do with that, how to deal with that, because I thought that what I was visual, I was observing was actually a move of God. And not realizing, no, it's not a move of God. Sorcery. It's it, it it's this show in order to rake in dough. Yeah, a show to rake in dough. I, I just came up with that. Um, and so my generation, I think, has seen this over the years on oh, TV yeah. through TBN through different ministries on TV, and we've just gone very skeptical of oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. But yet we read the scriptures and we know that it's true. But no, it's, it's been true. so far removed. We're talking 2,000 years ago that I'd love to hear of your experiences because I trust you. I trust your experiences. You know, whereas I can't trust that man that I used to kind of volunteer for who came to visit my aunt. Yes. Peter, you know, Peter and John were up to the temple to pray. And there's the man is lame there. Laid at the, at the gate, beautiful begging. And Peter said, fix your eyes upon me. Faith stopped Peter. And reached out and took him by the hand. Lifted him up. You're a crippled man. Mm-hmm. What you doing lifting him up for? What's Hey, crazy! Don't you see the man is crippled? What are you lifting him up for? What's the matter with you? Immediately, his ankles received strength. He was healed and went rejoicing into the temple. I think our generation is hungering and thirsting for an authentic move of God. Authentic. That's that right. Don't. They don't question that it's so just... much. Just as sure as there's one real, there's going to be a dozen fakes. And I've seen a lot of fakes. Yeah. It, you know, it caused me to want to back away from it. But I can't. Can't back away from it. I know the real. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to give you the opportunity. I want you to yeah. share what you did learn. Yeah. Well, yeah. I learned. I learned faith requires action. Faith that works either, either like my mother said, uh, within herself, but she said it out loud. Right. If I can get to church, God will heal me. God will heal me. And so they got her to church. 
that night she received the most marvelous healing, most amazing healing. Doctor said she'll never walk again. She was in an accident. Yeah, she was in a car accident. And your dad was driving. Dad was driving. Very similar to your accident with Miss Marie. Right. Mm. Very similar. But, you know, um, we believe in our heart. Faith is born in the heart. We confess with the mouth. That's the way it works. We believe in the heart and confess with the mouth. The basis of that power is that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's the basis of that power. You should be saved, be delivered. In other words, healed, whatever. Not necessarily soul salvation, but maybe bodily healing or maybe some other mental deliverance or something. <laughs> Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth. And you'll be saved. Delivered. Healed. The word so-so. The word saved is so-so. That could be healing. That could be soul salvation. That could be the Holy Ghost. That could be almost anything. Mm -hmm. Believe in your heart and confess with the mouth. The Bible tells us, tells us not to cast away that profession of faith. Don't cast that away. We profess our faith. Confess it. It's born in our hearts. We believe in the heart. We don't believe in the mind. You'll be deceived. You believe in the mind. You believe in your in your heart. Believe in the believe. You got your Bible there. Read Romans eight, nine, and ten. I got it. Bible. Hmm. Here we go. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay, you have the spirit of Christ. I do too. <laughs> and because we have the spirit of Christ, we're not in the flesh. Amen. We're in the spirit. Go ahead and read it. And if Christ be in you, the yeah. body is dead because of sin. Because of that, huh? Yet the spirit is life because of righteousness. Right. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Right. Where's that part? Maybe maybe. Romans 9, 8, 9, and 10 or something. That's what I read. 8, 9, 10, and 11. What does the scripture say for you? If, if we believe in our heart, confess in our mouth. Ten. Ah, okay. Yeah, that's 10. Okay. Maybe I've quoted the wrong passage there. Yeah. So, 
what saith it? The word is nigh thee. That's it. Now, where, where are we reading from? That's Romans 10, 8. Oh, okay. Romans yeah, you had nine. Romans 8, 9, and 10. Yeah, okay. It's Romans 10, 8, and now probably 9, too. Yeah. The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that it's God here. raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We have that faith in our hearts. It's nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Well, it's not very far from here to here. Yeah, but we know whatever comes out of thy mouth. Was there the heart? Was there the mouth speaking? Mm -hmm. So, you, you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth. That's faith in action. Well, I told Brother Mike, go touch that. A tent pole. Mm -hmm. When you get back here, all the bone spurs will be gone. Faith in action. Yeah. My mother said, if I can get to church, God will heal me. Faith in action. She bleed in her heart to confess it with her mouth. The woman with the issue of blood, if I could just touch the If I could just touch the hymn, it was gone. Yeah. Oh, it wasn't nothing about the hymn of the garment that no. touched Jesus. It was the faith. It was that faith. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's, Hallelujah. What, that's what I was going to say that you've actually shared and stayed with me. Yeah. That if a person goes to a place where there's the shenanigans that go on, but they have faith, the Lord will touch them in spite of the shenanigans that are going on. That's true. Sadly, some people put use that as a confirmation of that particular ministry. But really, God just confirmed the faith of the person who heard their heart, their heart cry in the midst of it. So. You know, in comparison to what we were just talking about, and I don't know if it happens today. I mean, we're in 2022, but I think it happened more in your time where they would test God picking up snakes, drinking poisonous stuff. And, and uh, you know, you said here, and I, I made marks on it because I wanted to bring it up and get you to kind of elaborate on what you've learned in that. You said in either case, you may end up dead by tempting God in this manner. I am sure that God undoubtedly has protected certain sect members who pick up snakes and have been known to drink strychnine also, yet not all have been protected. Many of them have died. Tempting God on that level is never a wise choice. Surely God has protected some of them because they were ignorant of what they were doing because they love the Lord God has been merciful to them in spite of their gross ignorance. Yeah. yeah. So what do you say to, to, I guess, trying to do risky stuff? No. No, don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't tempt God. Okay. God may or may not come through for you, but uh, <laughs> no tempting. Because it's different when you're trying to fabricate it than when God right. puts it on your heart right. to do it. That's, That's right. You try to put on a show or trying to, uh, as you say, fabricate. No, that's like not. Moses didn't turn his staff to the serpent first. No, the the false prophets tried to challenge him. Yeah, and so in that respect, he was. Putting them in their place in comparison to his God. Yes. 
kind of like Elijah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't going to do anything, and, but it, 450 prophets of Baal wanted to challenge him and challenge God. Yeah. So he put them on the, on the, uh, put them on the crucible, I guess. Yes, he did. <laughs> and jumped their head off. He did. Uh, you know, it was an amazing thing, though. Elijah was sitting on a rock. Yeah. And the king <laughs> sent a captain and 50 men to go arrest Elijah and bring him here. Talk about me, you know, talk bad about me, the king. So Elijah's sitting on a rock when he found him. And uh, get out from that rock. You're under arrest. I'm taking you to the king. king. Elijah did better than that. I'd be a man of God, that fire could soon be in that 50. There wasn't even a greasy spot <clears throat> left of that 50. Lies didn't move. Here come another 50. Their captain. Get yourself down here. I'm taking you to the king. If I'd be a man of God, that fire could soon be in that 50. Wasn't a greasy spot left there. I mean, God licked it, vaporized all 50 of them, mm -hmm. or 51. Finally, here come another captain of the 50. But this captain and that 50 had their tails between their legs. Oh, have mercy. Let our, let our life be precious in your sight. Oh, have mercy on us. So Elijah went with him and gave the king the word, no, you're not going to come up off this bed. Mm -hmm. You'll die right there because you sought after other gods for your healing. Yeah. You sought after other remedies. You'll never lift your head up off this bed. You'll die right there. You sorry thing, you. When you came back from Vietnam, you, you've talked about this with us privately, but, you know, for the sake of uh, sharing with others, it was very difficult for you to find jobs. And you seem to just walk by faith and just move without knowing what God is supposed to do or how is he going to do it? Because, you, you know, you talked about how you teamed up with the Dukes. But you shared with us earlier how you were finding jobs and it was tires at first and then it was, you know, putting up drywall and that led you somehow, some way to, to actually having your own tree service. <laughs> my daughter just speak said, to that, yeah. My daughter law says, Dad is the most invincible man I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no fear, nothing. <laughs> just But you know when you're confident in God, there is no fear. You get concerned, like I was concerned whenever my uh, money was cut off. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I couldn't see the end. But all my trust was in God. I knew somehow another would come through. Then when I, I, I went to the mailbox and there was a two thousand dollar check from somebody I didn't even know, never seen before, have not seen it since. All I know is the name. Mm -hmm. $2,000 check. But you weren't the type of person that you laid back 
like lie down on your faith oh, no. and did nothing. No. You that walked today. by faith. And so That's walking right. is an action on your part. That's an action. And, and so if you can speak to how is it that we balance out the fact that, yes, we're trusting in God, but we're not just going to sit on this couch and wait for God to send that check in the mail. We're going out walking by faith, doing what we're able to. Just talk well, that's what that. James said, did he not? Faith without works. Not so nothing. Mm-hmm. It's dead. When God sees you doing the best you can, he, he, is, he is obligated to come be your helper. He does. I never, I never uh, lay down. And I say, well, you know, God provide. If you don't, well, then I'll just die. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I'm gonna do the best I can while I can. My dad told me about a man that don't trust God for everything he ate, and uh, he never would work, never do nothing, just trust God. Mm-hmm. And so. It got down so bad. Some of the elders in the church came and and uh, loaded him on the wagon, going to take him, bury him alive, you know. And so they were walking behind the wagon, taking the man to bury him, and still alive. And one of the elders got to feeling bad about burying a man alive. <laughs> so he says, "You know, let's don't do that. I I got some." Corn, I'll get him, and uh, he can have that corn. The man raised up and said, Is it shelled already? Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, it ain't shelled already. He laid back down and said, We'll drive on. Wow. You're going to trust God, though. <laughs> I'll give you this corn. Okay, is it already shelled? No, just drive on. Don't want, bear it. You want him to spoon feed it to you like you were a baby as well? Yeah. <laughs> you want to just sit there and open your mouth and yeah. somebody put something in? <laughs> so, no, that ain't the way God works. Now, it ain't Bible, but it's a true, uh, true saying anyway. God helps those who help themselves. That ain't Bible, but it's it's truth. You've lived that by experience. Yeah. 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 God wants to see you busy doing something. Whatever you lack, he'll provide. But he ain't going to just award a lazy old wart. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the the principle of that idea is in the scriptures if you see it in the parable of the talents. He gave ten to one. He gave five to another. He gave one to one, or one, three, and five. And the one did nothing. He was just lazy. But barely. Right. You could call it fear. You could call it whatever. But he would not walk by faith with it and do something with it. That's right. And so he just rested. And, ah, just put it under the ground. Be sure to have it, because I knew you was an austere man. And you reaped where you did not sow. Mm-hmm. And I want to be sure I had what was yours when you came again? Yeah. I lost it. Well, I'll give it back to you. 
Bible calls him a wicked and unfaithful servant. Take it from him and give it to the one who's got the five. Yeah. One in the world. And uh, so God wants to see us busy doing something. Acknowledging him while we do it. Hey, oh, yeah. That's acknowledging him always. Yeah. You said this in your book. It is true that the just shall live by their faith, looking not to men, not to denominations, organizations, or any other world entity. Once as a young man, I had set about to seek the approval and the applause of men with the hopes that they would help me with open doors and support. And I guess you were just trying to make your way in the ministry and you thought yeah. it was best to figure out, well, it's got to be who you know. And who yeah. you know will open the doors for you. Yeah. Well, the beginning would be, you know, join a denomination, become licensed and recognized as a uh -huh. as a licensed preacher of the gospel. That's some kind of a accreditation there. Right. That was the purpose of saying that. Yeah. And it's just like we do on a secular level when we go to college. Yeah. We want to get that diploma from that school that right. says that we're accredited to right. know such and such and such. Right. And it was then that you said God spoke to you. I'll never forget that. What did oh, he say? Oh, I'll never forget that. God said, you can be a man's man or you can be my man, but you cannot be both. I would not accept license from anybody if they were the, the head of the UPC church could come and make special delivery to my house with uh, ordination papers, fancy thing to hang on my wall. I would not even let it in my house. I have I, I esteem a denomination. I don't have any esteem for them at all. Mm -hmm. Not that there's not many good men in there, and there are. I've known them. But every denomination dies eventually. It's a false god, really. People get to where they worship that thing. Mm -hmm. It becomes an idol of the heart, a denomination. I could become a man's man, and I could idolize that denomination. But all I've done is taken their catechism on my forehead, mm -hmm. my way of thinking, the articles of faith, without which I could not belong to them, without the articles of faith. It's in my mind, my forehead, and then I lend my strength to it, my powers, my abilities to it, support it, and my right hand, my power, and it's marked mm -hmm. by that. So you're speaking spiritually you're now. Thinking spiritually. Yeah. So, so that's I what you use to be marked here <clears throat> or here. Will not be marked. Mm -hmm. Unless it's the Spirit of the Lord. 
Oh, I'm his will. His, his word. Uh, his I word. His, that, his words. I let this mind be in me. That was also in him. Mm-hmm. And doctrinally, I, I'm at variance in some ways with the uh, what I've been taught all my life, you know. I believe things now that I used to not believe, and I now not believe the things I used to believe. And so uh, that would not comport too well with any denomination, as far as I know. So where people are looking for the natural chips in the hand and all the things. Oh, yeah. It's really what you just said. It's taking on the doctrine of a denomination or taking on right. the, the, um, the interpretation. It doesn't have to be a denomination. It just no, it doesn't have to be a denomination. The, the, the yeah. thinkings of man, yeah, the ministry correct. of man that's, that's veering away from. So it's right. not that we ascribe to I mean, We do work in a ministry, but we don't idolize a ministry. And we always have to be working with God wherever he puts us and tells us to be. That's right. That's right. The ministries are secondary to the kingdom of God. Absolutely. That's right. Thus is the ministry of our Father's heart through us. Our utmost desire is to be in the Father's heart, to know the Father's heart, and express the Father's heart to you. If you appreciate listening to this podcast and we're blessed, pass it along to someone else by text, email, or word of mouth in the hopes that they might be positively impacted as you were. If you are interested in supporting our efforts, we would ask you to consider the following. One, pray for us. Two, leave a positive rating or review with whomever you listen to our podcast with. And three, if you desire to contribute monetarily, you can do so at paypal.me slash jbenjesus or cash app dollar sign J Ben Jesus or Venmo J Ben Jesus. That's J B E N J E S U S. God bless.